0: gut crisis how diet probiotics and friendly bacteria help you lose weight and heal your body and mind this is a new book by keith wallace G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast episode 441, my interview with Keith Wallace. I first spoke to Keith back in episode 241. I was living in Australia at that stage, as he reminded me of, and we discussed his book then, uh, Dharma Parenting, a great conversation about Ayurveda, body types, consciousness, and how to live a happier and better life. In this episode, we bring back Keith to discuss his new book, gut crisis, and we discuss, again, Ayurveda medicine, we talk about gut bacteria, how it has a major role and impact on how well we live our lives, our total well-being, uh, including gut microbiomes, digestion, diet, health information, and how it all uh, interrelates to our overall happiness. It's a great conversation, guys. I think you'll get a lot out of it, and I think it'll be a really good read as well. This is in a book review where you just uh, have a chat with the author, Keith Wallace, about his book and his takeouts, and very inspirational. I think it'll uh, inspire you to pick up a copy of the book and have a read yourself. So I hope you get a fair bit out of it. Guys, just on books, I am in the process of launching my book, as you're probably aware by now, The Ultimate Life Map. Now I am running a crowdfunding campaign with the objective of raising enough funds to help me publish the book and get this book into as many hands as I can, because I believe it's got a lot of value uh, to be shared. And also with all the funds raised from the sales of this book campaign, I will put towards completing a schooling project in Uganda. So it's a something that I'm passionate about and something that I wanna help achieve. So that will allow approximately 500 children of this local area or local communities the opportunity to uh, attend school and have greater opportunities in their life. So that's uh, just how I wanna make impact, guys. I'll need all the support I can get. If you like the hidden why, if you like the information that I put out there, you'll certainly enjoy the book, I believe. I believe the book's got a lot of value. For anyone looking to make some change in their lives and really create a more purposeful, passionate life, I think it's got a lot of value. And also, guys, we'll be helping uh, complete this schooling project. So it's a big, ambitious goal. Uh, For now, guys, I've set up a temporary website, theultimatelifemap.com, where you can just enter your email address to be kept up to date with that campaign, with the rollout of that campaign. So if you'd like to support us, guys, go over to theultimatelifemap.com, enter your email address, and stay up to date. Thank you, guys. Enjoy this interview with Keith Wallace on The Gut Crisis.
1: Hi, how you doing, Lee?
0: Hey, man. Good. How are you?
1: Good, good. You're in a new part of the world, aren't you? I am. Was it
0: that long ago, was it? Oh, it must have been in Australia.
1: Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were in Australia.
0: Holy dooly. Okay. Now, um,
1: you're, now you're in one of my favorite countries.
0: Oh, there you go. You have to come and visit if I'm still here.
1: <laughs> I love Japan. Oh, my God. I love it.
0: It's a good country. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're in a difficult position at the moment because we love it here that much. Uh, But there's some opportunities back in Australia, so we're sort of divided Uh, about which
1: way to go. Well, uh, were you there through uh, cherry blossom season? That's like the most divine time of the world.
0: Yeah, look, I've been here for a couple of years, and I did live here uh, 10 years ago as well, so I'm pretty familiar with with the seasons. But I I absolutely love the seasons. I mean, we've just come through summer, and compared to where I've come from, summer is, is relatively short and mild. Uh, I mean, it is hot and humid, but um, just the seasons are beautiful, um, and I, yeah, I love it for that reason.
1: I was blown away. I was there for about eight months, and you know, one time, and then I was there about three or four other times. I was blown away by the fact that most of Japan is mountains, and mm. you know, if you're living in the country and not in a city, it's like there's it's not very few people around, you know, you're just out in the middle of nowhere and it's all the cities where it gets heavily populated. If you get out in the country, it's really, really fun.
0: Yeah, they do it well in that sense, um, to be honest. Yeah. Like they, they just sort of, uh, you know, accumulate in the certain central hubs and then um, leave the rest of the land for, you know, it's just mountainous, tropical uh, forest and and farming. Um, and
1: lakes and, and ocean. I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I, we, we spend a lot of time kind of Cruising the countryside and going to lakes and oceans, and it was really fun, you know.
0: Yeah, gorgeous place. We live in the we live in the country, and we just um, we actually just visited where, Okinawa as well, uh, which is oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah mind blowing. So yeah. where
1: are where do you live? Do you live north of Tokyo or south of Tokyo? Sort of or? north
0: north uh, northwest in in the there. central of Honshu in a place called Gunma Ken so that's the uh, near
1: uh, near niko at all you know Nico? Yeah, not the,
0: far from niko i've been there a few Yeah times.
1: that's where we were too we were in uh what was it something it's like a tourist place they have all kinds of european hotels hmm. and uh, there's a big tm center there where they have a whole academy and we ah, were there for okay. most of our family uh, no, i'm trying to think what it's called now nara or something but it's it's you know it's it's about 20 minutes or 15 minutes from nico just a little further north Uh, i did look that up when i was looking up tm centers actually i can't remember the name they have a beautiful they have a beautiful academy there that's all done in a japanese style and if you ever you know want to go there anything i know all the people and uh kim taryn knows all the people i mean you know we'd be happy to get you hooked up with anybody there if you want
0: yeah, I was looking at doing a, a session there. Um, wait, is that Minakami? Does that ring a
1: bell? I don't think it was. No, no, no I have to. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I don't know why I can't remember it right now, oh. but it's uh, it's a big super. It's a funniest place because it's uh, it's got all these Swiss chalets. You know, it's where the Japanese go to pretend like they're in Europe. You can ski there um, nearby, and it's just kind of a funny place because uh, it's not. Uh, you know, it's like where the Japanese go to go be someplace else, you know, and so. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, but can't, we, I can't remember the name, but was it Anne? Did, did we connect through Anne Purcell? Was that? Yeah, we did. We did, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and she knows that, too. She goes by the name of Kim sometimes, too, so I get. Ah, I never, right. <laughs> I never know which one we're, you know, who are, were you, which name Ann? we're using at any given time, but. um
0: yeah, no, because I did look it up because she recommended that I that I check it out, and and for whatever reason I just haven't had the time or uh, ability to do that yet. But um, yeah, uh, I looked Nasu.
1: it up. it's it's Nasu, N A S U, and it's just kind of a little bit further north than uh, Nico.
0: Yeah, oh, Nico is just amazing, isn't it? I, mean, I love Nico.
1: I mean, of course, I love Kyoto too. That's just like blows me away, you know. Yeah. But we were we could go further north. We went to this beautiful lake and we just did a lot of fun things. And right where that is, there's all just rice fields. It's pretty much pure country. And I would take bike rides and walks, you know, and just see all the ladies putting rice in. I mean, I don't know why, but, you know, you've been there much longer. But for me, it was like, wow, this felt very familiar somehow, you know, being in Japan. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's got a lot of history. Um, I
1: mean, we were were totally taken care of. We didn't have to pay any money at all. We were at a TM academy. We were doing a project there. We could behave as ridiculously as we wanted because they all spoke English and they were all very, very kind to us because we were Western TM people. So I don't really know what it's like to do business in Japan or have to do with any of the other normal functions in Japan.
0: Yeah, look it's got its pros and its cons like anywhere I think. Um I mean yeah, we we love the lifestyle here as a family. We we can't get enough of it. Um it's just quite easy uh, as as we compare it back to home and maybe that's just, you know, our perception. But um yeah. yeah, we we certainly love the lifestyle anyway. And uh and love the culture as well. The people are brilliant and, and lovely to deal with. Um but yeah, there's, there's definitely some things that sort of frustrate you at times.
1: Um, yeah, well, wait. I just kind of was able to appreciate the art and the beauty and the countryside. And, you know, just to me, the fact, like Kyoto, it's just such a kind of interesting thing with 1,500 monasteries. I mean, now it's just a tourist attraction. But at one time, the kind of focus they had was extraordinary. I don't know why. It just really blows me away.
0: Yeah, Kyoto is its just well set up to Kyoto, isn't it? Um, oh, God, it's pretty. You could spend, uh, we just went there for Christmas, actually, and we spent a couple of Oh, did you? There. Yeah, and um, I mean, you could spend half a year there getting through the temples and looking around and exploring. I know. Really, I know you uh, could. it's enough to make you want to move there. But uh, anyway, look, we, um, episode 241 okay. is where we, we, dis- we, we um, last had a conversation, and we talked about yeah. your last book, which was Dharma Parenting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm um, on to a new book.
0: And I think we also might have talked about um, transcendental meditation as well. But sure. um, yeah, you've got a new book, Gut Crisis, How Diet, yeah. Probiotics, and Friendly Bacteria Help You Lose Weight and Heal Your Body and Mind. It seems to be on a, a different tangent altogether compared to um, Dharma Parenting. Why have you decided to write this book?
1: It's not really a, a different because – For me, I've been, you know, I started off doing research on transcendental meditation, Mm. you know, UCLA and then Harvard. So I started off kind of focused on consciousness. But from there, I kind of went to traditional systems of medicine because these traditional systems of medicine all have meditation as an integral part of them. They just also have other things like diet, lifestyle. And so I've been looking very closely at Ayurveda, the traditional Ayurveda. system yeah. of India. And, you know, who Mahesh Yogi, who brought out transcendental meditation, he also brought out Ayurveda. And so, and I'm at a university where I'm head of a physiology and health department. I have a master's program that I'm in charge of, which is completely focused on Ayurveda and integrative medicine. So I'm like big in integrative medicine. And I you know, love the fact that meditation can make all these changes in the body and mind. But I also realize that you do have to focus on other areas. And to me, the most important one is the gut. And it's like even, you know, the father of medicine, Hippocrates, he says all disease begins in the gut. And Mm. every traditional system of medicine says that. So I just got – the thing that changed me was the discovery of the microbiome, this gut bacteria. It made my comprehension of Ayurveda so much more scientific. They have a lot of terms that you don't really understand and you're trying to figure out what this means and what that means. What's new, in regards not, to Ayurveda? Yeah, in regards to Ayurveda. They have things like Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. You probably remember when – see, Dharma Parenting was using Ayurveda to help be a better parent. Just, just, and just refresh it was, us on
0: that. What is, what is Ayurveda? Can you explain it in um, sort of simplistic terms? Because we did discuss it yeah. in the last episode, but just to recap.
1: Sure, yeah. Ayurveda is the probably one of the oldest systems of health in the world from India. Um, at the core of it is meditation. Um, that's they really believe in using consciousness, but they're also very focused on diet. And so they have they recognize that people are different. Whether they understood that they were genetically different, people have validated that their delineation of these three basic types: vata, pitta. And kapha have a genetic basis, actually. So they actually were on to something thousands of years ago about the individual differences that we all express. And when I did the book Dharma Parenting, we were looking at the kind of behavioral aspects of these three different types, vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata is the very creative, but often kind of thin, more sensitive. Pitta is the very high energy leader, but can get angry. And the kafas, the more steady, can gain weight, but very good-natured. And so there's a different diet for each. Uh, there's uh, different kinds of herbs and spices that are good for each, different exercise that is good for each. Yeah. And it when you understand your children are one of these types, it helps you deal with them. So now I'm kind of like – I'm focused entirely on what is the difference in these three types – Particularly in terms of the gut or our digestive system. So that's and, looking more at the the diet side of Ayurveda. Yav- yeah, and also Ayurveda. Yeah, and also looking at the whole kind of the um, it's not only diet, but it's also digestion itself. I mean, right. what people have found, and this is okay. Now we're switching over to modern science. What's been found in the last ten years is we have all you know. We could never study these gut bacteria. They, they live without oxygen, and you can't culture them. So the only way you can study them is with genetic technology. And I just saw a paper that came out today that said, we don't even know 99% of them. There's so many in there, we don't even know what they are. There's all kinds of unidentified microbes in the body, and we're only sampling a small portion of them.
0: So what is, what turns- is a microbiome?
1: The microbiome is really all the microorganisms that live inside us, whether it's bacteria, viruses, fungi. We are a pretty big ecology. Uh, There's in our gut, where most of them are in our gut, they're in our skin, they're in basically every orifice, but the gut has the vast quantity and the lower gut you know near in our colon or lower digestive system we have like a whole separate organ there it's like as it weighs more than the brain it's 30 trillion or 300 trillion nobody's quite sure which bacteria that live down there, and they influence your behavior, whether you're feeling happy or sad. They influence your cravings. They influence heart disease. They influence all kinds of digestive diseases like irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disorder. They influence everything, and nobody had any idea about it. They they have direct contact with the brain through the vagus nerve, they can send signals to the brain, and if they want to eat something, if they want more sugar, your brain might turn on some circuits to say, "Hey, let's go for the sugar." If, um, if, you know, if they want to change how the immune, most of the immune system is in the gut. If they want to change how the immune system is reacting, they can do it. There, it's it's like one of these kind of mind-blowing discoveries, and it's. You know, yeah, it you read about seems to be in the
0: news a lot more uh, in recent years, and that's obviously because we we weren't able to access it or research it in the past.
1: Yeah, and and in the you know we have kind of a lot of health food people that have talked about it that are kind of more into the alternative medicine, and they talk about leaky gut, and they say, okay, these are all problems, but now mainstream science has gotten very very heavily into it, mm. and they they really do understand that these bacteria in the gut. They're like a living community. And when we take antibiotics, we destroy a lot of them. And that, how you can restore, you know, you have to restore it. So we get, we take probiotics. And, you know, probiotics only are maybe 5 to 20 different friendly bacteria. That's what a probiotic is, a friendly bacteria. You get it in yogurt, you get it in cabbage, you get it in, you know, different fermented foods. I mean, sauerkraut, not really cabbage, but a fermented cabbage. So that's, you know, we've known about these things for a long time, but we didn't know – how they affected the body, now there are really good studies showing that people with like irritable bowel syndrome, one out of five people have irritable bowel syndrome, which basically hmm. means you have either diarrhea, constipation, you have some kind of bloating, you have some kind of excess gas, you have some kind of pain, any one of these symptoms, you've got ah. irritable bowel syndrome. So it's very, very common. Hmm. And now they've found conclusively through a lot of you know different studies that probiotics can help people with these conditions so now all these things that were kind of fringe are becoming mainstream and so um there's one i don't know how disgusting you want me to get but there is one very you don't mind okay (laughs) i mean you go to a hospital now if you walk into a hospital and you have uh, and you are taking a lot of antibiotics let's say you had you know a serious infection so they keep you in the hospital and they give you tons of antibiotics now what that's going to do it's like napalming your lower gut it just kills almost all the bacteria with these multiple doses of antibiotics so that's obviously so trying to get rid of the, the bad stuff it's trying to get, and the bad stuff is bad and antibiotics are terrific cuz they do get rid of it but looks well, so like it gets rid of the good stuff yeah, that's the problem. And then what happens is you get these kind of opportunistic bacteria like there's one called cholestridium difficile. And when it gets Love in the, the gut nice. it I know. I know. It gives you this reoccurring diarrhea. And even with strong antibiotics, it's very hard to get rid of. So they've now found one solution to get rid of it. And you're not gonna like this. Nobody's gonna like this. I, I, I don't know why I delight in telling this thing but it's called (laughs) it's called (laughs) it's called fecal transplant and you may have heard of it you know they Hmm. they literally take poop from you know one of your relatives that's healthy and they put it up in an enema fashion up you know and put it right into your lower intestines there and miraculously people get better miraculously almost every hospital in the world will now use it they prefer it to antibiotics so this is no longer weird strange stuff this is stuff they're using and so they've this done fecal it fecal
0: transplant is that is that the case they get your relative in and say hey can you give us a sample and then they put it into a, a pill form is that how it works or is it actually
1: well they could they, they could do it in a they've tried it in a pill form it's called poop in a pill i mean they like to have you know funny names for things but oh. it they also will put it in an enema form so they'll try to get it more directly and because orally you don't know what's going to happen Yeah, okay but so it's a it's now becoming a standard medical treatment for this one terrible um condition now they've done experiments where they've taken human twins one is fat one is thin same genetics They take the poop from the human twin and they put it in a mouse. The one that's obese, uh, they put it in the mouse um, and the mouse gets obese. They put it in uh, another normal mouse, the lean twin, and the mouse gets lean. So it's just showing you that these bacteria in our gut have a big impact on our health and so there are over a 1,000 clinical trials now looking at both the effect of probiotics and fecal transplant, trying to figure out how you can change the microbiome, and in changing the microbiome, cure very serious diseases. And, you know, so far what they've found is that primarily irritable bowel syndrome has the one, the one that they've been able to cure. They, you know, it's still too early to know what other conditions can be affected, but people believe now, and i read really good, serious scientific articles. I, I talk about all this in my book, no, Gut yeah. Crisis. So every bit of this is reviewed there. I have a website called docgut.com, so g u t dot com. And I review probiotics, I rate them, I give a lot of blogs about all the newest things that are coming out. And so pretty much all this stuff is either online or it's in my book which is out on Amazon either you know electronic or hardback or paperback. But yeah. the the consensus among top people now is that what happens is that maybe through antibiotics, maybe through environmental toxins, we're not sure what the gut starts to get in a disruptive state. These bacteria the ecology gets disturbed. Hmm. And then what happens is certain foods become more aggravating. So people who could normally ham- handle something like gluten or a lot of sugar or different you know types of dairy, suddenly they're not able to handle them as well. And then sometimes these foods and the fact that the bacteria have been disturbed by antibiotics create a situation where you get this idea of leaky gut. Now, what do you mean by leaky gut? Well, the gut is filled with all these cells that are lined up side by side. Food is supposed to go through the membranes of these cells. But sometimes, and these cells are held together like by cords that wind around the membranes of them along the sides of them and keep them very tightly joined together. It's called a tight junction. Mm Mm-hmm. Now in something like celiac disease, I don't know if people are familiar with celiac disease much more now than ever before, but it's a when you have gluten, and these are people that have a genetic susceptibility to it. It's not as many as we would think, but a lot of people have it and are undiagnosed and are showing symptoms. But what happens is the gluten starts to aggravate this lining and causing an inflammation. And it actually Causes the secretion of a weird name substance, zonulin. Sounds like Star Trek or something. But zonulin changes the tight junctions, opens up the. It creates an opening between two cells. That's what you mean by leaky gut. Food, undigested food, bacteria, particles, even bacteria can leak through and get into the bloodstream. And the immune system goes nuts. It does not like 80% of the immune system now is all in the gut. That's where most of our immune system Mm. is. It starts to see all these toxins as far as it's concerned, undigested food, bacteria, all toxins. they got to kill it. So the immune system starts kind of a chain reaction. And now people believe that a lot of autoimmune diseases, whether it's multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis, even Alzheimer's, all kinds of conditions are basically due to this chronic inflammation Mm. that the whole immune system gets out of whack, even diabetes one and diabetes two. So people are really taking this stuff seriously now that the, the gut lining, it can't be inflamed. If it's inflamed, we have a real problem in absorbing food and we set the immune system off in a chain reaction that leads to all kinds of problems in the heart and the brain and many other areas so of the So is that body.
0: primarily in our lower intestine?
1: It's almost all these bacteria are in what you would call the lower digestive, the colon, and you know what we refer to, we have the kind of um, small intestines and large intestines, and these are the large intestine. Sometimes bacteria can get into the small intestine. The small intestine is right after the stomach, and that's where you, all the digestive enzymes are, and that's where most of all your food gets absorbed in the small intestine. It's not supposed to have bacteria. Now there's a, a condition called, you know, uh, SIBO, where you get this overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine, and that's causing problems too. So all kinds of new things are coming up, and it's really because of poor food choices, antibiotics, and environmental toxins yeah okay hmm, interesting. It can also affect kids. I mean, um it turns out some new research is really showing that you know kids that have a lot of allergies or like food allergies or asthma or just any kind of an allergy um it's been related back now to cesarean births, and that what happens in a hmm. cesarean birth is the child instead of going through the birth canal where they get some kind of Seeding for the microbiome, going through the birth canal, is your way of getting the first microbes, first bacteria that will then create the ecology in your lower gut. But if you come out, you know, in a cesarean, a C section, you're coming out into a hospital environment where there's a lot of hostile bacteria, and the immune system is getting a whole different experience. And the result of that seems to be that you get a lot of allergies and you get a lot of um asthma and you think okay who has a c section it's not that often you know some trouble happens and they have to have a c section in the united states 30% of all the births are c section in china 50% right. in italy, italy and brazil they have certain places where it's up to 80% yeah. hmm. <laughs> why well, is it higher
0: in some areas than others is there particular reason i
1: think because the doctors find it's easier to organize their lives around uh, you know inducing uh you know straight if they, to the
0: c-section rather than going through the
1: mm. yeah a normal birth you know process but it's it's a disaster mm. and nobody right. knew it you know? mm.
0: so is it likely that um most of us that deliver a typical life have um you know problems with our gut bacteria and just are unaware of it and yet it could be causing us a lot of our our stresses in life
1: Yes, but help. I would say that some people are quite a bit, that some people have really powerful digestive systems. They right. are able to digest anything. They can eat as much sugar, eat as much of anything they want, and they're kind of impervious to the problem. So there is a nice group of people that are, you know, these are often the pit of people. They have what's called in Ayurveda very strong Agni. And it just means they, you know, they could go. From the, from the United States to India and take some food off a, a, you know, a local bar there, a local little food stand, and never get sick. And I've seen people like that. They're just so powerful, their digestion, that nothing bothers them. But that's kind of rare. What you So some people, I don't think, have to worry about it. They're quite strong. They're, you know, well, what does that but mean? They've it, just
0: got really strong bacteria in their gut that just can't get knocked it down? Needs,
1: it's not just bacteria, but it's probably that they have a very strong digestive system. The enzymes are more powerful. As you get older, the enzymes get weaker. As you get older, you can't digest milk products as well. As you get older, all kinds of things happen. So generally, young people are good. It might be people that haven't been had a lot of antibiotics when they're young. Um, it might be people that were brought up with better diets. So, so it's prepared.
0: something to do with, with their diet and upbringing, typically these people and, as well? and ge- And genetics. And, and genetics. genetics.
1: Yeah, very much so. Certain people, and this is even Ayurveda would say this, they say certain people just have a stronger digestion than other people. Like a Pitta person, very strong. A Vata person, very sensitive. Like Kapha person, very slow. So, yes, genetics would be very important. And then, you know, genes get turned and off. How do genes
0: affect our digestive system? I don't really understand that.
1: Oh, well, God, so many different ways. I mean, genes make everything in your body. A yeah. gene makes digestive enzymes. A, dean, a gene, um, you know, in the, I mean, there's so many things in the gut that are going on. Like you have most of the immune system there. Where, well, that immune system is regulated by the genes in it, whether it's hypersensitive, less sensitive. Um, and a lot of your endocrine system is in your gut. We, we have all these cells that make all these what are called neuropeptides, which control our appetite, control things. I mean, there's so many things going on in your gut. It's crazy. And they're all, every cell is controlled by the genes in it. But those genes can be modified. So if you've had a lot of antibiotics, if you had a very bad diet as a child, those certain genes can be turned on and off. So it's not just what you're born with, but it's what you're introduced to, especially at an early age, which will flip on certain genes and, you know, turn off others.
0: And so it's a comp- we could affect those genes. Like if we've got certain bad genes, we could affect them by through the through how we live and, and change.
1: Absolutely, that absolutely. Than- I'd say the, the biggest take home message from this is you have much more control than you imagine. Right. If you can make better food choices if you can follow up any antibiotics right away with probiotics if you can take measures to just every once in a while give your gut a chance to rest and repair itself by a simpler diet you can do huge amount to you know improve your physiology so i think it's the great thing about this discovery is that we can through diet change the microbiome we can through you know the medicines we take through the lifestyle we live whether you smoke or not smoke whether you exercise or not exercise all these things influence those gut bacteria they their ecology so you have a huge amount of control if you continue to make four poor food choices then you're kind of at the mercy of of, of bad bacteria that if you know that you're nurturing there it's just an ecology you feed it it. Bad bacteria grow, or good bacteria grow. you're the kind of the you're the gardener. It's like the soil in a garden. You know, if you put a lot of pesticides, they're like antibiotics on the soil, you'll kill all the good soil bacteria. If you do if you don't nourish the soil, you won't be able to grow healthy plants. If you suddenly take the time to create a beautiful, rich soil where you can grow lovely plants and you really nourish the soil, suddenly everything grows better. And that's like the bacteria in our gut. It's just like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, really highlighting how really important our our diet and digestive system is to our overall health and well being.
1: It is, and and we didn't. We always thought of bacteria as bad. We were always kind of brought up to say, well, you've got to really be hygienic. You know, sanitation is the most important thing, and it obviously is. If you go to a developing country and you start getting diarrhea and stuff, you know how serious it can be, but you know, we went a little overboard and we got so hygienic. We started, you know, we were taking so many antibiotics, doctors were just over-prescribing them, that we were killing the friendly bacteria. We didn't realize that they're really important for us. They produce chemicals.
0: That's the same with like soaping and washing and and sanitizing. I mean, we do a lot of that too, that is probably not absolutely essential.
1: No, it's you know some of it's important. If you're you you know the bad bacteria are terribly nasty, but you know there's people out there. There's a book by a guy who's you know one of the big gut people, and the title of the book is Eat Dirt. I mean, you know, and he's serious. He's telling people don't wash all your vegetables. You need some of these soil bacteria. You you get B12 from. The soil—that's what it's made by bacteria. B twelve is not made by animals or plants; it's only made by bacteria. Hmm. You you need these bacteria. They help you. They ferment a lot of the fibrous foods that come in, and they produce chemicals in the in the uh, large intestines that actually are really healthy and important for the colon cells. And they get into the bloodstream. And they influence the brain. They influence every part of the body. So, it's a kind of a a re-education that we, you know, super hygienic, maybe saved us from a lot of different diseases, but we may have gone overboard and we, you know, we better take a balance,
0: bring back the balance.
1: Yeah. Take a walk in the country, you know, eat foods that are a little more fresh, have a pet, you know, do something that gets you a little more exposed to the world, especially at a young age.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, look, so your book sounds like it's got a lot of good uh, takeaways and information in it about all that. Can we just jump into a few of those things? So obviously diet is quite important. Um, are there any particular, you know, sort of diets that we should be approaching or is it is it just more, you know, healthy, natural foods that we should be thinking about?
1: Well, uh, this is where it gets very opinionated and where the science hasn't caught up with all the opinions. Mm. Um, you will find the paleo people. You're familiar with paleo yeah. diet. You'll find the paleo people, and they will say they'll be very people like Dr. Axe. There's a lot of them out there, and they will be very strong. And I review all these people in the book because there's so many different opinions. And they'll say no dairy, no grain, hardly any sugar, and they'll put you on a very strict diet for maybe two weeks or a month to get your gut to repair itself. They'll really emphasize bone broth. I mean, they really love like chicken bone broth or any kind of bone broth. And they want you to have a certain period of time when you minimize the impact of grains, like, you know, which can have a aggravating effect on those digestive cells and dairy, which can be particularly in older people can be tough on them. So they just want to give the got a chance to rest, give it simple foods that can be absorbed easy, and that this inflammation stops and there's a healing that goes on. And then what they want you to do is gradually introduce foods and see which foods aggravate you. Maybe wheat is okay. Maybe it isn't okay. Maybe sugar is okay. Maybe it's not okay. Maybe this dairy is good and that dairy isn't. And so that's the kind of sort of paleo approach, which is big out there now.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, it is quite huge, but that that explains it quite well. So going back to a sort of a neutral level and then finding out which foods are are suitable for your particular body type.
1: Yeah, and the vegetarians have their own approach, uh, especially Ayurveda. They won't, you know, they don't go with bone broth. They go with mung dal, green mung dal, and some very simple kind of dal and rice, and they will have you have a very, maybe a protein shake in the morning and then with whey, not even with dairy, and then they'll have you have, you know, kind of a very simple diet for two weeks or a month, and then they'll want you to introduce foods and see which foods aggravate you and which don't. But they'll, you know, they'll just tend, they'll stay away from meat, and they'll go more for a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there are a lot of variations in between that. There's some people that hate sugar. There's some people that like sugar there's some people say that certain sugars okay and some people say no sugar whatsoever so you know it's it's extremely opinionated and not a lot of science to back up any of them yet and so it's opinionated
0: because you know each of the people that um, favor a particular type of diet you know that particular diet works better for them or do you think there is actually sort of you know more of a a diet that is better for everyone
1: I think it's a little of both. I mean, and it's there's another factor, too, that we haven't even talked about, and that's the food industry. Um, you know, there was a time when there's this guy, Ansel Keys. He was a big American physiologist, and he did this huge study in the 50s and 60s and 70s where he showed that uh, high-fat diet was correlated with cardiovascular disease. Well, you know, American health went wild and without any real data it turned out he was cherry picking his data it wasn't very good science he you know he picked japan and certain countries and he'd left out sugar he was only looking at fat and cardiovascular disease, and he completely left out sugar because he was being paid off by the sugar industry. And there's really good books that document how the sugar industry lobbied all the major organizations, health organizations, and paid them enormous sums of money, the head of nutrition at Harvard University, to basically look the other way about sugar. Now, there's other people that will, you know, say the same thing about meat. There's other people that will say the same thing about Processed food, and when you look at the big organizations, at least in the United States, like um, you know, AMA or the uh, American uh, Dietet, you know, uh, Diabetes Association, all these different groups, they're all funded by the sh- by the food industry, <laughs> hugely I funded. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's such a massive conflict of interest. It's absolutely nuts. They,
0: I just watched that um, documentary, What the Health, and, and they sort of highlight, highlight those. Well, yeah. now,
1: now, see, What the Health is an interesting one because that's a plant-based group. You know, they're all into – they say sugar is okay. I mean they even have this notion that diabetes is caused by excess mm. fat and not by sugar. Mm. Now, that goes against every physiological book I've ever read, and but they have studies. They pick studies and, you know, so right now <laughs> – What's happening is first of all we're discrediting all those people who made these claims in the past and in discrediting these people like hey we never should have stopped eating butter you know margarine and trans fat actually is much worse for you and because we they stopped putting butter in and fats into food, they dump sugar and salt into it to make it taste good so we're we're living with all these bad choices that were made by bad science in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they're kind of haunting us. And now new people are trying to come up and challenge all of them and say, hey, come on, you guys. You know, like that, I love that. I mean, it's such a well-done video that you're looking at, you're going like, wow, this stuff is really good. But then when you look into the science of it, you realize that they can get a little fanatical. They don't want, you know, they want to take one side of the equation yeah, and absolutely. not look at the other side. so. It's a. It's not easy for people. I would say it's one of the hardest times in the world to make choices. I mean, you should avoid processed food. That's number one. You should avoid fast food. Number two, and you know, beyond that, it gets really confusing. Uh, and that's hard for a lot of people. People are working. They can't avoid those foods. They they you know, they're single mom. They gotta you know, they don't have time to cook a meal. They've got to go and get food and the kids love those foods. So and sometimes you know, they're
0: the most affordable too. And that's, that's where oh, soda absolutely. As well, like, you know?
1: and soda pop is just pervasive. It's in all schools everywhere. You know, people live on soda pop and I mean, it's got high fructose corn syrup in it. High fructose corn syrup is a very strange thing. Our body was not designed to take this huge amount of fructose. Fructose is a sugar. It's in fruits. It's in normal table sugar. Um, Normal table sugar is part glucose, part fructose. So, you know, our body is designed to absorb a certain amount of fructose. But again, the sugar industry realized, hey, we can't base our all the, we're putting this food, this sugar in all foods. But if one year, you know, cane sugar, or beet sugar, crops aren't doing well, you know, we'd have to change the prices. So we better develop a synthetic sugar that's real, but not you know based on on what the crops are doing. So they came up with high corn syrup fructose, and it's you know unbelievably pervasive. It's mm. everywhere. It's mm. sweetness everywhere. And it's often made with GMO corn, so you don't know you know, genetically modified organs, so you don't, that's one side of it. But more importantly, the body doesn't have the capacity to absorb that much fructose. It yeah. just wasn't designed for it. So it all goes down into the lower gut, into the large intestines, and the bacteria go nuts with it. And you get a lot of gas, you get a lot of different problems, because you're suddenly culturing the wrong bacteria and there are these raw you know these harmful bacteria are loving it hey drink more soda pop this is great for me it all goes right down to me
0: yeah okay it's interesting and and look probably you know all the different diets out there uh, it's it's hard it's definitely hard to navigate for me i've just gone through experimenting with certain diets and and you know how, how i live my life and i've just sort of navigated my way through that landscape and trying to find out what works best for me and i'm i'm Still in that experimental stage where I'm just you know playing with different things. The moment I'm really sort of into a vegan style diet, I still eat some fish and some meat um, if I need to. I'm not you know too strict about yeah, but, it, um, but yeah. certainly I find some benefits in that. Um, as no, far no as, I
1: think that's I think that's a good choice. I mean, I think for anybody, that's a very moderate good choice. You're avoiding dairy, which you got to be careful with vitamin B12. That's the key to that vegan vegan diet. Is yeah. that you don't You need to take B12 supplements. You need to make sure you get the B12. But other than that, you can pretty much get everything you need, as that video showed. You know, all the so called pro- amino acids we need, I mean, they're made by plants, they're not made by animals. So you can get them from plants. You just well, have I just to have a eat, right
0: um, eat, eat Yeah, a lot, a lot of vegetables, like a, a ton of vegetables. And I always have eaten a lot of vegetables, but my, my mate said to me, um, you know about meat and how it slows down our digestive system, and how through that yeah. slowing of that process, we can yeah. absorb a lot of those toxics. And it, it made sense to me. But um, yeah, you know, I used to I used to poo just sort of once a day, um, and now it'd be three times a day. And it just it just amazes yeah. me how quick that digestive system works. And yeah, um,
1: no, I, I think know. it's a good choice. There's, there's I think something about choice. that
0: that makes makes sense. But yeah, dairy certainly has. Probably the biggest impact I notice when I have a little bit of dairy because I still like ice cream and soy ice cream is hard to find. So if I have an ice cream, I can actually now, I can notice that the next day, how it sort of changes my mood and and how it makes me feel. Um, which is crazy and you, like I would have never noticed that I would have had you know a weekend of beer drinking and ice cream and eating bad foods and I know and I woken know. up without you know just accepting I guess of
1: that's I know. normal well you get you get older that's one thing you yes, know it's it, true and then your body gets taxed over time it's uh I would say that almost all the diets like vegetables whether even paleo vegetables is a big part of their diet they actually like vegetables, um, they've gotten kind of a little too meatish. And even people like, you know, Dr. McCullough, who you'd think is more oriented that way, he warns against those excess proteins for paleo people. He thinks that's actually a mistake, that the diet really wasn't designed that way. It, it, sh- it It's mostly vegetables. And, you know, where you get into the controversy is grains. You know, should you have gluten? Should you not have gluten? And some are like fanatic and some aren't but it's really individual it depends yeah. on how you can digest grains you know
0: and there's probably a balance there and and the the processing again you know we you talk about processed foods but you know a lot of the grain is processed but whereas in japan i eat a lot of rice and that seems to just work very well whereas if i ate the same amount in pasta it'd be totally different i think for me and, and i, I feel agree the effects
1: I agree. And, 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 and rice really, you know, sometimes people include it with the grains, but I think you're right. I think rice is probably the mildest of the grains and the easiest to digest and the most pervasive around the world. Wheat, you know, as you can see, there's another one called, I think it's What About Wheat or something like that. It's another one of those things, videos on Netflix. Mm. And they point out that, you know, the hybridization of wheat really increased the quantity of of gluten and then also they tend to use a lot of this one pesticide roundup not so much in other parts of the world but in the u.s and it has this one particular chemical in it um glyphosate which is almost like an antibiotic in the way it it disrupts uh the the bacteria Uh and so it 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 and, and, and you know they say it's everything, right? It's everywhere. It's in water. It's in organic ice. It's everywhere now. So, it's just been used so pervasively. Fortunately, a lot of the world isn't using it, um, but uh, it's Monsanto and Roundup, and it's it can be a it can be a challenge. And it when you look at it on a physiological level it looks like it does nothing to the body i mean it looks like wow this is a great stuff There's no way it affects the body it only affects plants and bacteria but then you suddenly put in the bacteria in the equation and you realize well actually the bacteria are an important part of my life so if i'm disrupting them that isn't good you know
0: mm. so do you do you talk a lot about the diet and certain aspects of diet and and yeah. foods we yeah. should avoid and stuff in the book
1: I do. I review every one of the major guys out there, you know, from Cola to Axe to Perlmutter to all the, uh, you know, to Ayurveda people. I want to give all the points of view because I feel like.
0: um,
1: That's what we need. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair right now because the science is not so clear. One is better than the other. So I really love this idea, what you're on, kind of self exploratory, that you kind of. Start one type of diet, and then you explore. And that, and at toward the end of the book, I that's my main piece of advice. I really advise people to find a good doctor or teacher or health expert because it's complicated. It's nice to be guided along by someone, or at least you know follow somebody, the blog or something like that. Because there's so much new stuff coming out all the time. But then I really think you have to find what works for you and you have to pick one of these guys and then you have to commit to it and that's where you know you just have to kind of start with some kind of easy diet that is simple and that allows the gut a chance to rest and then you you know have to look into probiotics you have to look into all these different areas and just kind of gradually discover what's good for you, what you need, and what you don't need. And so my approach in this book is to give you a little bit of, you know, it's written in a blog-like fashion with even questions and answers with sort of funny characters who are bringing up controversial issues in it. I want it to be readable, and I want people to be able to see that there are different points of view. I don't want to try to convince anybody that one point of view is better than the other
0: and I think that's what's important to have an open mind to to all of this you know so you don't just say okay well you know veganism is the best and only way to go about it and then you close off all the other science and research that might be coming out about that um, and it also might you know stop you from exploring it yourself and, and seeing what other things might actually work for you better um, so I think that's really important when you when you approach diet as well but um, certainly there's some fundamental facts in there and I don't know if you want to share yours but for me it's you know, like you said, like plants, uh locally sourced if you can, less processed foods. Um yeah, and that's really it for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're right. Those are the key things. I think that's I think those are, are the most important things. I mean, I go into a little of the science because I like that. I like to explain, you know, like the gut brain axis. It's something that's kind of new and cool and interesting and it it just basically says there's this network with the gut bacteria, the brain, the endocrine system, the immune system, what's called the enteric um, gut system—it's basically the enteric nervous system. It's the nervous system in the gut, the hormonal system. The gut. I explain a little bit about how these systems interact and how they can clash, how stress. Different kinds of stress can cause upsets, and one system will clash with the other. But now it's a much more complete understanding. We Before, we were leaving out some of these systems in the network, and we were getting a very incomplete picture. Now, with the knowledge of the gut bacteria and, and the gut, I talk a little bit about the gut barrier, because that's a whole interesting thing, how the gut wall protects itself. So there's a little bit of science in there, but mostly it's focused on what you can do and i review all the very best books that are out there i so, i pick what i think are the best books and the best experts and i i give you kind of a sample of what they do so you get a feeling you get you know kind of can kind of look over which expert you think is gonna help you the best you know
0: okay so really a digestible sort of format
1: yeah. um to us yeah, yeah.
0: to yeah. better absorb the information without all the uh Scientific stuff, which does overwhelm me, and, and sometimes you know would put me off or slow me down from from reading or absorbing yeah. the the real message behind it. And I think that's important, um, and more of that yeah. is, is necessary, as well. T- tell me how does the um, how does the gut? And again, I don't know if this is it can be a simple explanation, but how does the gut communicate with our brain and, and t- sort of affect, um, you know, how we live our lives? So like you talk about the gut, uh, I know, you know, bacteria know. affecting our cravings, the gut bacteria affecting our. Um, our, our state of happiness. And I'm really fascinated with happiness, obviously, with this show. but I know. Ha- how I know. Well, the they do it communicate that? Why?
1: They do it different ways. There's one thing called the vagus nerve, which goes all the way from the brain down, you know, through the heart and through the lungs and goes down to the gut. It's one of the longest nerves. What's that and nerve it turns out called? Vagus. V-A-G-U-S. Vegas. Vegas. Oh. Okay. And it's one of the longest nerves, and it is a nerve where it's bi-directional. So the brain can send messages to the gut, and the gut can in turn send messages back to the brain. So that's one super direct highway goes back and forth. Then there are how many kind of these of,
0: direct? I mean, how many of these highways are there in the body? These big nerves that send information are they everywhere?
1: No, that's the biggest one. Really, really, yeah, it's one of the most important, biggest ones, and. Uh, wow that that's that one i would say is the king of all the big of the nerves in the body and it's uh but the probably the more normal way communication is done is through the bloodstream by secreting chemicals you know you get stressed out the brain secretes some chemical it goes to the adrenal gland the adrenal gland produces adrenaline epinephrine it produces cortisol the cortisol shuts down the the immune system. It shuts down the digestive system. It causes increased, it causes leaky gut basically. So stress, the brain can stress out the gut and cause a mess. The gut can do the same thing to the brain. The gut, if you have a disrupted gut bacteria, can it can make neurotransmitters that get in the bloodstream and go into the brain. It can make – it can upset uh, metabolism of certain um, chemicals uh, uh, like there's – serotonin is produced by the – in the gut, uh, what's called the gut – nervous system. It makes more serotonin, which is this kind of mood neurotransmitter. Yeah, it's
0: like 80% of it, isn't it, or
1: something like that? Yeah, 80% of it. And and the gut can change that. It can disrupt that. The gut produces all kinds of chemicals, which even affect how genes are expressed. So it can it can regulate genes in different cells of the body by... Uh, These short chain, you know, fatty acids that go out into the bloodstream, go from the gut into the bloodstream, and then affect different cells in the body. It affects these neuropeptides in the gut, which are control appetite, control cravings. Um, And, you know, they've done things where they've actually, let's say they don't know exactly which mechanism, but they just want to see the effect. So they take, uh, you know, a group of subjects, and they give one group a kind of a a fermented drink, which is what they call a psychobiotic. (laughs) That means a probiotic that affects the mind. So they give, you know, some fermented milk or something to one group, and then they give some placebo to another, some, you know, something that's got nothing in it. And then they show them, you know, frightening pictures, and then they do brain imaging. And they look, and they see, wow, wow. The people that got the normal placebo—that was, you know, sugar water or something else—or probably even less than that—showed um, all the normal reactions. Hey, you see a frightening picture; this emotional part of your brain gets excited. Now you look at the people that had the psychobiotics, this probiotic, and suddenly those areas aren't reacting as violently as as actively. So, wow, you know, you're actually changing how the brain reacts to stress by diet. So it's, it's getting pretty kind of That's eerie great, yeah. and cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. People are, you know, and they have a lot of hypotheses how it's done, but not all the mechanisms have been worked out, but it's there, you know?
0: Yeah. But you, you notice that too, like when you do have good health and, and particularly through diet, I've noticed it in my life, um, my, my perspectives, my calmness, and it's a, through a combination of different things that I've, I've been doing recently, but Um, it's just amazing how different it affects my daily life, my daily attitude.
1: Uh, They have something in Ayurveda which is called Ama. And Ama literally means undigested food. And they have have kind of like a questionnaire which they kind of determine how much Ama is built up in your body. Now, you could just think of Ama as kind of a leaky gut where the food – that is not getting digested properly, is leaking into the bloodstream, toxins are leaking. It's kind of any sort of toxin that gets yeah. into the body. So now, when what they ask you, and very simple, they say, well, you know, how do you feel after you eat? Do you feel tired and wiped out? And when you eat this, what do you feel? So they're like, they're looking at the psych, just like you're saying, they're looking at the psychological effects. And if they see that you're getting, you know, wiped out after you eat, you're not feeling good with these certain foods, then they presume that AMA is building up. They can also analyze it by a pulse diagnosis, where they can feel in the pulse this kind of sticky, dull feeling, and they use three fingers, not one finger, on the pulse, and then they what they what they kind of sense is okay, this isn't just bad psychological feelings. This is the build up, what they call build up of ana is ama, ama hmm. is a precursor to sickness, and they have six stages of disease, so they're already looking at. When the digestive system gets out of whack and you start having these psychological feelings after you eat food, they see that as the beginning of chronic disease, and they want to prevent it right there. They want to change your diet. They—that's very serious to them. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Sense.
0: It makes sense. Yeah. When we digest food, if if it's um, you know bad food in in the system. Does it require bacteria to help digest that food? And if we don't have the right bacteria there, that that food doesn't get digested as easily and therefore the toxins absorb into the bloodstream? Is that how it sort of works?
1: No, no. Most food is really uh, you know, like you have a protein. It's broken to amino acid. Mm -hmm. You have a sugar, carbohydrates are broken down to sugar, fats to fatty acids. They all get in the small intestine. They all – are, there are many many digestive enzymes that are produced right. by the pancreas that are produced by the the cells lining the wall so all that digestion of food most of it is taking place there and then it's getting absorbed into these cells that line the gut no leakiness it's all tight junctions very maintained and they and the food's like it's a simple amino acid it has to go through a very Specific carrier mechanism, then it goes into a cell and then it goes into the bloodstream. So it's very precise. It's very careful. No toxins are allowed in. Um, anything leaks in there. There's tons of immune cells that'll destroy it. It's really well guarded. It's like a fortress. You know, it's like right. imagine you're a Lord of the Rings and you're in Gondor and you don't want those works to get in. You know, you're you're you, you've got guards everywhere. You just are not allowing anybody. But you but you want good people to get in. So it's highly selective. Now, certain kinds of food we're not designed to digest, like fibrous food. But those fibrous food, then they just go right through the small intestine, they go to the large intestine, and they feed the bacteria there. These are what are called prebiotics. These are foods that we don't digest in the small intestine, but actually help feed the bacteria in the large intestine. So they're well taken care of by if you have enough fiber, if you have enough foods that aren't digested you know, uh, properly. And that's why everybody, every kind of diet these days, whether it's vegan or whether it's paleo, they all say fiber is really important. Vegetables are really important. you, And that's very healthy for the gut bacteria. So the gut bacteria manage to live on that quite well. Um, and, you know, they get excreted and they multiply. So, you know, they're in a whole changing ecology all the time. But they're when they take this fibrous material, they make very valuable chemical products that get that go through the large intestine walls, not the small intestine, the large intestine wall. Because things like vitamin B12, a lot of things don't ever get absorbed by the large intestine. Mostly, the large intestine absorbs just water and all the nutrients get absorbed in the small intestine. So, it's kind of a division of labor. But these gut bacteria turn out to produce lots of valuable chemicals that also get into the bloodstream and that are good for the body. And that's why prebiotics are important. That's why fiber is very, very, it's probably the one thing we lack more than anything in our kind of regimented diets is we don't take enough fiber in, and that's very important.
0: So these are like the chemicals like serotonin and things like that that are good for how we operate?
1: Well, no, they're not. I mean, the, it, it can influence serotonin metabolism. It can make neurotransmitters. It can make hormones like ghrelin and leptin, which are very important for controlling our appetite. But it it that's not its main kind of production. Its main production is what are called short-chain fatty acids, which are very unusual substances. We don't even know all the things it makes. Serotonin is made by another group of cells that are in the gut wall and they're not even the bacteria they're not the nerve cells in our brain but they're in the nerve cells in the gut both the nerve cells in the brain and the nerve cells in the gut make serotonin but these bacteria make products that influence the production of serotonin so it's pretty complicated you know it's like any kind <laughs> of ecology you try to figure it out and you go nuts you know it's a lot of different right, things let's interacting to the basics. You
0: know? yeah yeah, and and what? Um, just finally, probiotics. Um, we'll wrap it up, I think. But probiotics—is there? You know, you say after you have, um, you know, certain medicines or, or what? Um, I can't think of the name now.
1: Antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yeah.
0: Thank you. If <laughs> after antibiotics, etc., have probiotics. Is is probiotics something we should all be taking uh, regularly, daily, or or? And is there a certain choice of probiotics that we should be looking at?
1: Yeah, I would say that. In in a lot of traditions, like Ayurveda, they recommend you have some kind of yogurt drink every day. So they actually are recommending a probiotic every day. And many, many natural traditions recommend some probiotic every day. Now, we've invented a lot of nice, simple products. You can just take in a pill. And many of them are very good and have been shown to have very positive effects. So if you're not eating probiotics naturally it is probably good to take the ones in capsule form. Is there one better than the other? I have on my website a rating of you know 30 or 40 probiotics. You're not going to find that much difference anymore. People have wised up to the fact that you need certain ones. There have been really good studies showing that certain ones really have a good effect in people that have irritable bowel syndrome. But it's really strange because you think, okay, I'm taking you know, as I said, maybe five, 10 basic probiotics, you know, lactobacillus, acidophilus, or bifidaria, different, you know, ones that are pretty common. But when you get to take an antibiotic, you're wiping out, you might wipe out, you know, whole species. And you're, you know, you're not by introducing like a few kids. It's like having kids going to a, uh, you know, an inner city where there are gangs, you know, you're introducing, you know, one or two kids that are, are they going to, supposed to replace the, the gangs of bacteria that set up shop in different parts there and control this part of the city and that controls that part of the city. But somehow probiotics are really good at somehow coordinating the regrowth of other bacteria. So we don't know why, we don't know why they work as well as they do, mm. In certain conditions, but they do seem to be quite beneficial. And the numbers don't add up. The You know, people are often selling, you know, oh, I have the greatest way of taking the probiotic. It's You coat it in this way and it'll get in better and you're taking this quantity. I mean, it's so hard to tell the hype. It's really hard to figure out what's bad. But most of them test pretty good. They really are helpful. And, uh, you know, uh, there are even probiotic enemas if you want to get really, uh, direct. And those, uh, often like Dr. Perlmutter has in his book that he cured someone with Tourette syndrome, mm. uh, with a probiotic enema. So, I mean, this is, this is the wild West right now. Nobody knows not, the research has not caught up with it and a million different things. And some of them are really working and some aren't. And it's, it's kind of a no man's land. You just have to, do what you're doing, experiment.
0: Okay, and when you talk about natural probiotics, what are you talking about there? Is that like fermented foods?
1: Yeah, like yogurt and a kefir and, you know, all the kinds of things that you can buy. And they're all the same thing. They're just friendly bacteria that are in some form, you know, sometime in a capsule, sometime in a fermented food, Either way, they're absolutely fine.
0: So if you've got a, re- a pretty healthy diet, you know, lots of uh, unprocessed fresh fruit and yeah. vegetables, et cetera, and, you know, eating yeah. a natural sort of probiotic, whether it be yogurt or uh, like I eat miso here and sauerkraut yeah. and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, Um, in Japan they have. Do you ever have natto? Is is that what they call it? uh, It's N A T O. That's a big thing.
0: Yeah, that's my breakfast. I have
1: rice with natto. That has has a really interesting probiotic, which is from the soil. It's called uh, Bacillus sutilis. And uh, people have found there's a lot of controversy over it, but particularly in Japan and particularly in certain other countries, people swear by that as being a really good organizer of other bacteria. And it's naturally found in the soil. And, uh, you know, I find it incredibly interesting that it's a natural, that that food in Japan is so loved by everyone and probably makes people really healthy.
0: Yeah, I think it, well, it works for me anyway. But,
1: um, yeah, you're probably, it's probably doing a really good job for you, and you know, it's this bacteria that's—it's not even that natural, but it's a—it's everywhere. It's in the soil. It's and um, and it, you know, just does a good job helping the body.
0: Okay, well, that's um, some really good information. I'd just like to recommend your book to the audience. So, if uh, you want to pick up a copy, guys, go to my website, thehiddenwide.com. I'll stick a link into the show notes there, Gut Crisis. By Keith Wallace. Keith, it's been a uh, pleasure having you back on the show again.
1: Yeah, a real pleasure. Always fun to talk with you.
0: Now, is there any other um, final points you want to add or, or how people can best get in touch with you? Obviously, there's that website as well you mentioned, so
1: doc.gut.com. So dot yeah, tcom Yeah, and you can also get to the website by gutcrisis.com too. So either way, you can... Yeah, either way, you can get there. And it's, yeah, on there are fun things like, you know, the probiotic ratings. There's a quiz, which is your gut uh, brain quiz. It tells you which type you are. It recommends, you know, particular foods that are best for your type based on Ayurveda. A lot of really fun information on the website, um, rating different experts and so forth.
0: And I know you had the Ayurveda quiz um, through one That's of That's what sites.
1: it is. It's a, it's a version of that Ayurveda quiz, but really focused on the gut
0: okay that's good okay good stuff yeah yeah i'll stick it all in the show notes guys so check it out at com. keith uh, yeah thank you very much for coming on again i hope the book sales go well thank you very much always a pleasure and if you're in japan uh, make sure you let me know we'll uh, catch up
1: that would be fun i'd enjoy that very much cool thanks keith okay bye see ya
0: There you go, guys. My second round with Keith Wallace. What did you think? Let me know. Jump onto thehiddenwhy.com. Leave your comments in the comments fields for that episode, episode 441. Guys, if you have any feedback, questions, or thoughts for the show, you can always reach me at guy at Thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. Thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. Make sure you're checking out all the other episodes. Guys, I do a solo show on Monday. I do a three-minute thought on Thursday, a book review on Friday, and then two interviews, one on Wednesday and one on Saturday. So check them all out. Let me know what you think. Guys, uh, as a part of this, uh, a lot of people will leave me reviews. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. And if you have a moment, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. You just go to iTunes, find the Hidden Why podcast, and press rating and review. It's a one-to-five-star review. And a brief comment. I've got a fair few uh, reviews on there and I'd just like to read a few out. I don't know where I'm up to, but uh, here's one from Jeff. Lee has put together a great show. This is such an important topic and one so many of us struggle with. You'll get great insights and tips for looking within, overcoming challenges and living life of purpose. Keep up the great work, Lee. Thank you, Jeff. Here is another one from Joel. We need inspiring stories, fresh ideas, relevant information, and steps to action. Way to make this this show happen, Lee. Joel and Dr. P, husband and wife, host of Relaunch. So there you go. Thank you for that information, uh, that uh, review there, Joel. Appreciate it. Here's another one. The name is uh, Bald Eagle 90. This is an outstanding show. Lee has brought on some great guests and his interview style gets so many actionable nuggets out of each one. Really solid gold. That's uh, brilliant. Thank you, Bald Eagle. Here's another one from Jody. Ever since I saw Simon Sinek's uh, TED Talk on the Golden Circle and starting with why I have been passionate about expressing my own and helping others uh, to uncover their own. So that's from Jody. And, um, yeah, that is a fantastic uh, talk too, Jody. I actually just watched it again recently. Um, I'm sure I watched it in the past, but it's nice refreshment and just a great, brilliant insight about why. Um, you know, and and really connecting with that why uh, behind the motivation for all of us, uh, not only in business, but also for our individual lives. So, yeah, great uh, information there, Jody. Thank you for that, guys. If you have a moment, please jump onto iTunes and leave us a quick review. Again, if you don't have access to iTunes or can't leave a review there, just email me, thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And again, guys, you know what to do breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so, you'll discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name's Liam Arnuzzi signing out. See ya.